Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Amen. Ain't you glad you got Christ in your heart and in your life? You may be seated. The title to my message today is Crucified and Yet Alive. Now you know why the song was used in this part of the service. I am going to ask a hard question. I believe our children have gone, yeah, um, out for Children's Church. I want to ask a hard question to you sold-out believers. Even using that terminology can be difficult because it may be challenging to consider, am I sold out? Some of you are sitting here right now thinking, listening online, am I supposed to be sold out? What does that look like? Perhaps you got into this just thinking, I'm, I'm trying to escape hell. I'm not trying to win first plate in the heavenly flute section. I just want to miss hell. Be glad to have a seat somewhere in the corner of glory. That song that I had played for you and we sang along a bit on is actually taken from the verse for this year's Missions Gladness theme. And it's this year's missions verse for the Assemblies of God, Galatians 2.20, all for Jesus is the theme for missions this year. And I want you to look with me at the words of Paul the Apostle in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and see if we, we've got some work to do in our own hearts. I strongly suspect all of us do. So Galatians 2, verse 20, and I have it for you on the presentation slide. Eventually I'll have it for you. Okay. Uh, one of you guys may have to advance it. It just doesn't seem to be moving for me at least at this stage. Uh, there we go. Thank you. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. This is the Passion Translation, by the way, so it won't look this way in your Bible. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the Anointed One lives His life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Aren't you glad he's dispensed his life into yours? Trust me, you can't do it without that happening. 
And so I asked or ask this question of you. I've explained that some of these questions are, I'm asking you to peer into your heart and ask these tough questions today. Are you still in there? Are you still in there? Paul said, I have been crucified. Hear it. I have been crucified. The the NIV says it this way. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Thus the song. Taken directly from that passage of scripture. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I remind you that this is an actual church in Galatia that Paul's sending this letter to. And I feel it's necessary that I explain that to people. That you understand this fact. These are real people receiving a letter from the Apostle Paul. A real church, not an old church, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 25, 30 years old at this point. But they're real people, just like you and me. And Paul writes to those people inspired by Holy Spirit, God himself. And writes to them and says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. What this all comes down to is that you personally have to pursue this if you're trying to be biblically minded. Are there anybody out there? Is there anybody out there that wants to be biblically minded? In in our transitory world where everything switches from day to day, you don't even know what you can say and it's okay. I'm serious. It's it's mind-boggling to me. The things we're being told we're not supposed to say and talk about, etc., Listen, that in that transitory, that world that's shifting constantly, how many of you want to be biblically minded, not worldly minded? Thank the three of you that clapped. I really feel your support, so. <laughs> Paul is giving us the new identity we are to achieve. And let me ask you this, another question. If it were not obtainable, why bother? Still with me? I'm expecting you Pentecostal saints to engage with the preacher this morning. If this is outside of our reach, then why would Holy Spirit inspire it? I told you a moment ago I would get to this in the message. God doesn't waste his efforts. Come on. Now listen. God doesn't waste his efforts. This is for somebody. Somebody listening to me even online right now. You need to be reminded that God knows you. He knew you in your mother's womb. He doesn't waste his efforts on you. He didn't bring you into this without the expectancy that you can manage it. With him, anything is, is possible. This last Thursday, I spent, I'm not, you know now that your smartphone will let you know how long you're on the phone, right? I was on the phone 45 minutes 
And I bet you I heard 90 times in 45 minutes, your phone call is very important to us. If you'll hold just momentarily, our specialist will be with you. 90 times. It gets better, folks. And the call was dropped. Also along the way, they're saying, and your place will not be lost in line. My place was lost. <laughs> I gave it up at that point. I figured it's, not, it's just not worth the effort. And I, apparently my call wasn't that important. Because you can hire enough people to answer that phone. Mm, they could. Come on, sister. Paul uses the past tense here. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Past tense. I think that's important. Granted, now, Paul is is a standout even among the spiritual elite. Uh, you understand why I say it that way? He is a standout. I have been crucified with Christ. There's not a, there's not a whole lot of people talking about, I've been beaten four times. Yeah, you know, I, I was shipwrecked and I, I, I was in prison four times for the gospel. And, and so he does, he is a standout. I'll give you that. But I wonder if we've lost the essential understanding of a radically changed life. When you come to Jesus, I, uh, when, when I, was, uh, I met the Lord, I was really young, but because of the, the, the shifting in the household, spent my summers with my father and the school year with my mom and stepdad, and, 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 and my father in the summer took us, to, took us to church. I met the Lord when I was just a little guy, but I didn't have a good foundation. And so at the age of 14, however, I got radically saved. And, and from that moment, I ate, slept, and drank church. I went to everything that was anything at the church. And, and so as not to put the spotlight all on me, Pastor Amy, same thing. She was 17 when it happened in her life. And she got into a little more mess than I did. Because I got saved at 14. I mean, really committed to Christ at 14. So... God got a hold of me a little bit just before I would have been in a whole lot of mess. But I did church all the time. Did everything at church. I'd have went to anything. They, I did go to anything they would let me go to or get a ride for because my parents weren't saved at that time. And so it, it, it's odd to us as we've watched over the years when somebody comes to Christ that they don't do that. And I'm talking from the passage of Scripture here where, where Paul the Apostle, I, I said he's a standout, I understand that, but, but where are all the radically changed people who, who when they submitted their lives to Christ, and I, again, I understand all of you aren't up here on a platform, but the radical change is the same whatever the situation is, whoever you are in the kingdom of God. Are you sold out? I am crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. 
That's a bold statement, isn't it? It gets right up in your face. Are you really radically changed? Are you that different from your neighbor? Workmate? Come on, preacher. Give us a break. All right. The process of dying to ourselves is painful, isn't it? You might as well say amen or say oh me or do something, but the process of dying to you is difficult. Now, we don't have the traditional notes that I like to provide for you. Uh, thank the Lord, the, the sister that typically does that for us is in Africa right now preaching the gospel. To people. This process of dying to ourselves is difficult. And this, but I, I, I want you to understand this message is not. Listen, when Paul writes this, he didn't write the letter and say to the elders and deacons at Galatia Assembly of God. Uh, this was just to the church. It was a letter to the church. These were real people just like you. So look at your neighbor right now and say, he's talking to you. Are you dead yet? You still in there? It's difficult to lay aside these earthly passions and follow the way of Christ, isn't it? You might as well say amen again. It's not easy. The path is... Different for everyone. That's the thing. It's different for everyone. I mean, the, the process works the same, but the path is different. For one, it may be, may be as simple as giving up going to a party on Friday night. For another, though, it could be as difficult as giving up the choice of where you live for your life. Not living in your hometown and near your family. For one, it could be serving as a teacher's aide with the six and seven-year-old somewhere in the church, like somebody's doing right now, so you can relax here in the service. For another, it's giving up and going, doing that as opposed to singing here on the platform or playing an instrument. For one, it could be driving that old beater for two years to save money because God's asked you to go on a missions trip. And another, you saved all that money for two years for a missions trip, you could go on and God say, give it to somebody else. Oh, that's dying. That's dying. That's a cold, hard death right there. That's giving up my dream. I want to do this, but this is for you, Jesus, and Jesus is saying, no, give it up. Walk away from it. Dying while living is a process. Look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm being processed. See, that gives you the, at least gives you a chance. I'm, 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 I'm not all done yet. I'm being processed. A little bit of work to be done. It's like the cookie dough before the sugar's added. 
I'm being processed. Not already yet. And here's the trouble. You're still you. The, the, your essential personality makeup doesn't change because you become a believer. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if everybody that got saved left the altar, they were nice people? You can say amen, nudge the neighbor next to you, yeah, it'd be really great. Wouldn't that be great if everybody was nice once they got saved? Then they'd all know we are Christians. Ooh, ooh, did that preacher say that? Yeah, he said that. They, they would really know we were Christians because we were dramatically or radically saved. process. You can love God with all your heart and yet struggle with giving up some of your passions. I'm still being processed, Jesus. Still being processed, Lord, you understand. Here's a note you may want to write down. In fact, I'm about to give you several that you're going to want to write down. And if you brought a bulletin in with you, you've got something you can write on because we give you sermon notes. I think this is so important. And, and for that cause or reason, I'm really sorry that I wasn't able to get you notes so you could have these to take home with you. But it's being recorded. It's online right now. And so... This is something you need to tuck away. It's so valuable to your walk with God. The amount we die to self directly correlates to the amount of anointing and power God working in us. I'm going to say it again because it's that important. The amount we die to self directly correlates to the amount of anointing and power of God working in us. Hear it from the scripture again. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. So my essence changes. The Passion Translation says, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. Man, that's powerful. The essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. So here's another statement, this one I have for you, that's a way of on the front end of that verse that I just gave you, and on the back end now is my paraphrase. You'll never get more of God in you until you remove more of you out of you.
So I'm giving you a minute to write that down. You'll never get more of God in you until you remove more of you out of you. And I realize that's a play on words and grammatically all goofy. But you understand the point, and I'm trusting that it will stick to you. This principle of God working in your life doesn't coexist well with the old you. just doesn't work well. It only works well with the new man, the new creature in Christ Jesus, which is, of course, something that Paul the Apostle made clear for us. Uh, the, the, the man that's learning to die to his passions, the woman that's learning to die to her passions, you may not be able, if you really want to send a missionary on that trip, you may not be able to have that new pair of shoes. But the other side of sowing that seed, Stephen McFarland gave us, really it was, it's Tiacor's blessing. Say it, Tiacor. It all come, it was yours, right? God does what he does based on our willingness to give up territory, folks. They gave up territory. They looked at the need. They said we can, we can take care of the need. So they gave up territory. Sure, they could have used that. I'm not supposed to say the amount, am I? <laughs> sure, they could have used that. They could have got something really good with that. And I know stuff that he likes that that would have bought. But they gave it up for the kingdom of God and the work of God. They died to that, and look what it brought. So here's the, the thing I want you to catch. Paul is proclaiming that my life is not my own. My life is not my own. I've died I no longer live. That's what he's saying in 1 Corinthians, though, chapter 6, more of Paul writing to a, the church now in Corinth, verses 19 and 20. Don't you realize, part of 19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You, don't, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So, you must honor God with your body. You do not belong to yourself. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you don't belong to yourself. When you live in the kind of union Paul is talking about, with the Lord, there is a type of a, a violent takeover, if you will. It's a, it's a violent takeover. You're no longer yourself or just living for yourself. Yeah, your essential you is still you. And so I want to get to this point for you today. You become a willing participant that includes, and that includes thought and action. You become a willing participant in this event. This change will not happen without intent. 
Dying to self will not happen without intent. You don't, you don't, not in this case. It's a surrender more than a, I'm just giving up. No, it's a surrender to the Lord. This change will not happen without intent. How many of you have ever pulled a tooth? Raise your hands. Give me an emoji hand, those of you watching online. Yeah, you pulled a tooth. I, I remember when our oldest child was about eight years old. I think he was seven or eight years old. And, and one of his lower teeth, you know, is starting to go loose. And I, you hear about it for, hey, Dad. And they start clicking it. Finally, eventually, it's like flopping around in there looking gross and weird. Yeah, and, you know, and he, of course, he's showing it off and this and that. And, but finally, he reaches that point where he's like, Dad, I'm tired of this. What do we do? I said, well, I can help you, son. I'll pull it for you. What? Oh, Dad, that's, I'm afraid that's going to hurt. Dad, I said, well, I tell you what, dude. Let's do this. Let's take a piece of string. I'm going to tie it to the tooth. We'll put it on a doorknob. And it'll be so quick, you won't even know what happened. And so I, he was willing to go the distance. He tied it on his tooth. And I tied it on the doorknob, and I, I'm, I say to him, son, now you ready for this? He's holding on to the string. Dad, I don't, I don't, no, no, dad, no, dad, don't do it. And he pulled it out. He pulled it out. And then he looked at me and like, what? What was all of that about? It was like, boom, it was gone and done. He didn't even have any blood to show for it. So, but it doesn't happen without intent, right? He has spent weeks wiggling that tooth with his tongue. It didn't happen without intent. I realize eventually they're going to come out, you know, but, but you get the point. This is behavioral, and it requires action. Dying to self is a process that requires your intentional action. Anyone in here ever tried? You know, I don't, I'm not even going to make you raise your hand. Anyone in here that's ever tried to lose more than 20 pounds knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because if it would just go off without intent, like, you know, if I could just eat at that restaurant all I want, and lose weight, it would be awesome if I could just pop down a hundred bucks and lose, goodness gracious, I'd pay a hundred dollars for every five pounds. Some of you'd pay more, be honest. If that's all it took. But it takes, it's behavioral, doesn't it? It, it, it engages the mind and the mouth or actions. It engages all of that. And any of you that I look at right now, it's not because I think you need to lose weight. <laughs> this is not about that. But you understand the point. You don't get there without intent. Are you hearing me now? You don't die to yourself unless you intentionally choose to surrender your will to the Lord. This is that scripture coming to pass. He gives grace to the humble. Graces, gifts. 
Hear it from 1 Peter 5, verse 5. This is a passage that's quoted twice in the New Testament from the Old Testament. So three times in the Word, you hear this essential verse. And all of you, look at your neighbor right now, say, this includes you. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility. One more time. Peter writing, in this case, to the churches. All of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. Uh-oh. That means how you deal with one another now. So now it's getting real. Say he's getting real right now. This is for real right now. God's getting all up in your grill right now. As you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives Grace to the humble. So what's that mean in this, this that we're talking about today? Here's another one of those things that I should have put down so you could see it, but here it is. You position yourself to receive this gift of God through the path of humility. That is a decision or a decisive act on your part. You choose to surrender your life, your plans, your desires to the will of the Father. I no longer live, Paul says, but Christ lives within me. So you must choose to have, and hear those words from the Passion Translated, you must choose to have the anointed one live his life through you. Notice Paul says, again in the Passion Translation, we live in this union as one. We live in this union as one. That's telling you Paul made the choice. We live because God's already there. He's just wondering if we're going to join him. We live in this, for, for the anointed one lives his life through me. That means Paul chose to give up the territory so the anointed one could live through him. We live in this union as one. And a lot of us, we like, we like to talk that talk, but are, are we willing to walk that walk? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. Are you going to be you? Or are you going to let God live through you? Paul recognizes that what really happens when we fully submit ourselves to Christ, he recognizes it. This is what happens when we fully submit ourselves to Christ. Christ can live his life through us. He can live his life through us. Now think about it for a moment. We become an extension of God's manifest presence here on earth. We, you, you become an extension of God's manifest presence here on earth. But are you still in there? Is there way more you and way little God? I've heard me say it. I don't like the song. I heard it sung, and it's a snappy tune. 
Just a little more Jesus. Just a little more Jesus. I don't want a little more Jesus. Because I don't need a little more Jesus. I need a lot more Jesus. So let me bring it to a close. Dying isn't easy. David Crowder, with his band years ago, it was a part, it was a start of a song. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> See, we want the reward, but the pathway requires dying. And I'm not trying to make light of the reality of dying, but I'm trying to help you understand that the pathway to achieving what Paul is talking about is not easy. Living for Christ is best, but if you do it right, it's not easy. That had been a great spot for your amen. amen. Because you know it's true. If you walk with the Lord for any length of time, you know it's true. Living for Christ, you know it's best. But if you do it right, it's not easy. You read the stories of the Bible, these wonderful Bible characters, they make it look easy. But you're reading, I mean, we're talking about Paul, and you can read. When he lays it out for you, well, I was shipwrecked four times. I was beaten 39 lashes four different times. I was imprisoned five times for the kingdom of God. You read through that, and that's... But we're talking about years of this man's life, and he wasn't just in prison for a night, and it wasn't our kind of prison. You know, when he was beaten, he wasn't just like we do with people today. It wasn't just a slap on the wrist. All right, don't do this again, all right? I know you robbed somebody at gunpoint, but we can trust you. That wasn't the kind of place Paul was in. So I want you to understand that this is a real, real life story. And if you live for Jesus... It's the best thing ever. I will say that to you. It's the best thing ever. But if you do it right, it's not easy. Take your romantic viewing lenses out and be honest enough with the word to admit it's hard. It's right, but it's hard to live biblical. It's right, but it's hard. And finally, Paul represents the pinnacle of achievement in this area. I mean, we're talking about what he gave us. In this wonderful passage from Galatians 2, verse 20, but recognize this. He proves it's obtainable. Everybody wants to go to heaven, 
but nobody wants to die. Yeah, we all want to get there. We all want the joys of heaven. Are you willing to die in the process? Lay aside you and let in a lot of Jesus. You can die to yourself. You can. Choose to submit to the process. Come on, Pastor Mackay. Choose to submit to the process. Sometimes processing is painful. I've been processed a lot. And it's painful. But understand it is a process. It's obtainable. But it's a process. It's hard. But it's a process. It's hard. And it's obtainable. I don't want to quote this movie, but I know about half of you have heard it before. You can do it. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. You can do it. You can. You can. It's hard, but you can. Would you stand to your feet, please? I can't close a service without making sure that everybody in this room right now is absolutely, positively certain they will spend eternity in heaven. If there's a chance that you're standing here now and, and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're listening to me currently online, or perhaps sometime in the future, and you don't know Jesus, now is the moment. Don't leave a question mark where there should be an exclamation point. If you have any ounce of doubt that you're in a right place with Christ, Remove it now by asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins. So heads bowed and eyes closed. You don't have to do that if you're watching online. But you can respond even online. Let us know you get saved. Here's the deal. See the bells tolling right now. God's calling you. If you're not in the right place with Christ or there's any element of question on your relationship with Christ and spending eternity with Him, lift your hand right where you're at. Say, i got to change it, preacher. I want to be sure I'm on my way to heaven should anything happen. Lift it up high and let me make sure I see it. I'm not seeing any hands, so if you're trying to lift it up or trying to say it, I don't see it, so I'm going to assume everybody's good that is here right now. Perhaps you're online watching or sometime later you'll see this in video form. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I admit I'm a sinner. Serious need of you, Lord. 
come to you now and ask you to forgive me of every wrong I've ever done. From this moment, I'm yours. Really, Lord, I'm yours. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, prayed that prayer and you mean business with God and you're watching us online now, um, I want you to know that there are necessary steps like we've talked about as a believer being processed, there are necessary steps in walking with, with Christ. So you need to get to the next step that includes being a part of and intending, uh, attending church. So you need to find a church someplace. If you're in this area, obviously I have one I would highly recommend to you. And so um, if you're not in this area, though, you need to get to a good Bible-believing, preaching church. Become a part of it where they really believe that the Holy Ghost is in charge. I would recommend that too. So I can't let you believers walk out of here and Hey, isn't that a neat message? Well, it was a neat message. I hope you think that, but it was a hard message. And it requires your intentional action. Eyes open, full on. Who in this place will say, Preacher, you are right. I got room to grow. I'm being processed. Pray for me. Thank you. Lift the other hand now and say, Lord Jesus, I submit my life to you, fresh and anew. Radically change me. I want to be like you. I want to follow you. And I openly admit I have some territory that you need to take over. But I choose, it is my intent to surrender that territory to you today. Amen. God bless you. Love you folks. Those that watched online, so glad you joined us. Have an amazing day. See us here again next week. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. 
God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.